0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Tuesday Tips for Parents of Teenagers, here at Raising Remarkable Teenagers. And today, I am here by myself, and our guest today has had sort of an emergency, so she's not able to come on. However, However, she will be rearranging to come and talk to us about how she transformed from being a frustrated mom to a very connected and conscious mother and uh, but today what i will do i will go through some of the questions that i would usually ask our guests and what i will do very very consciously is answer these questions for those of us who have not listened to this uh, this this show before or this podcast before however you're listening to it i will go through it and um and tackle some of the points that i usually like to discuss with my guests so one of the very first question i ask our guest is their view on intentional parenting now, most of you guys know that here at Raising Remarkable Teenagers, we are very big on being intentional, and here is why. Being intentional really is like the lifeline, the, the bloodline of our existence as parents. And you might think, oh, that's, that's beyond board, Angela, for you to say that. But here is the thing, imagine taking your breath every moment, you've got got to do that for you to live the next minute. Being intentional is something very close to that, right? It is something you have to do, but you have to do it consciously. It is very important but you have to do it consciously. I mean, most of us, when we take our breath, well, unless you're consciously meditating or thinking through your breath work, we are unconscious, unconscious. Well, we, we breathe unconsciously. However, intentional parenting requires that we breathe in consciously. And I don't mean breath, it's about making minute by minute decisions that are conscious and that's why I say it really is like breath because when we don't take the breath what do you think is likely to happen well I mean we know that there is going to be there's there's going to be constriction of life right and that's what happens when we are not intentional parents when we What happens is we are parenting, we are going through the emotion. What's driving us is everything, all the beliefs that we have ever known, how we were parented from the past, we bring it through without taking a moment to ask ourselves, why am I doing this? How is this beneficial? So, being an intentional parent is constantly having those pit stops to ask yourself why am I doing this how is this taking me to the direction of my goal and my dream and that's where is it taking you in relation to your vision with how you parent your kid and one of the things we do every year here at Raising Remarkable Teenagers is every January, we have what we call a visioning session. And this is where we implore parents to actually consciously sit down and plan how they want their relationships with their teenagers to be. Now, most people say, oh, you can't plan for another person. It is true. You can't plan for another person, but you can plan for yourself. And this is what I know for sure. When we begin to work on ourselves as influencers in our young people's lives, we are able to influence them in the way they go. Again, remember, especially when we are parenting teenagers, it is more of influence and partnering, we mostly leave behind the the parenting where where we used to ask them to do things and they did them, when they used to just know what to do. And that falls away. But we move to a different section of life where we have to influence our young people And they have to want to listen to us. And remember, there are so many voices around. So how do we as parents make ourselves stand out as the one that influences them, as the one that they actually want to listen to? And this comes with being intentional. So when I talk about intentional, I mean literally making a decision that this is the person I'm going to be, this is the leader I'm going to be, and this is the influence I'm going to be. Now, you know that an influential leader needs to have certain ways of being, and and as you can hear what I'm I don't want you to hear what I'm not saying. It is mostly not what we do, it's who we are that influences our young people now when people join our mentoring program we go through what we call the vibrational levels of influence most parents are not intentional at all I mean and and I can say that for sure because even I fall from grace so many times right but there is something about knowing the importance of being intentional because even when you fall you are quick to get back. I mean, yesterday I shared a post on, on social media, especially on my LinkedIn um, side of social media, that went really viral. And and what it showed was this. I wish I could share it here. Actually, was um, how many of us just go through the motions, and then there is this 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 system. So we are walking. Onto the system, onto the system. And because we haven't got a vision, you don't know where you're going. You reach a cliff edge and you drop. And that's how many people are living their lives. And that's how we are parenting as well. And, and almost forcing our kids to go through this through the same. Because without a vision, you know, when it says without a vision, my people perish. That that may sound like a very good Bible verse. But even in today's life, in today's system, you have people who are following systems. You don't even know why you're following. You're just following because someone is, at the, is in front of you, but you don't know what's here. And then when you get here, you drop into the ocean. It's a cliff, right? But when you are an intentional parent, because you know where you're going, Your eyes are set on there and you know when you're not going there. For example, if you decide I'm going to be a kind person, being kind is not something you decide yesterday and then that's it. It's an action thing. You have to constantly be kind. So in how you behave, in what you do, in what you say towards your your teenager, you're thinking kindness. So most people will say, oh, I will die for my kids. I will die for my kids, especially us mothers. But the truth is our kids don't need us dead. They don't need us to die for them. They need us to live for them. And how do we live? Let's go back to by being intentional about what we do, by being intentional about how we relate with them, how we connect with them, how we communicate with them. Being intentional is so crucial. It's so so crucial that you know many many of us, many many of the parents I get to see by the time they are coming. To work with me, they're like I I don't even know what to do. And obviously, this is not a space of shame or blame or why didn't you do this and what why did you do that? That's not what we do here. We start by visioning. It doesn't matter what you've done wrong or right in the past. That's not what we do. What we do is get back on the drawing board and decide, so where do I want to go? Begin to envision. And when you begin to envision, have that vision of who do I see myself being? And therefore, how do I see my relationship with my kid? Right? And you can include anything in all those. And remember, once, We become the influencers that we want to be to our kids. We don't have to force them to do anything. We don't have to force them to do anything. You guys know I I teach the five habits of highly effective teenagers. And this is what happens when young people learn those five habits. And most of you know the five habits include being respectful, being responsible, being resilient, being robust and being radiant now when our young people learn these five habits you don't have to follow them about doing their homework you don't have to follow them about doing the, their rooms looking after themselves you you don't have to sort of you don't have to chase chase after them to do anything why because it's, it's like, a, let's take the example of, um, of a plane, right? The whole plane, the whole huge plane can be controlled by that little, whatever, I can't remember what it's called, I think it's a cockpit there, the, the one that controls everything and the little, the, 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 little auto, the pilot and the autopilot thing, right? That little thing that, that controls it. Right. And this is when we are talking about the five habits, it's about working on that. Then when you work on that, you don't have to go on the sides and try to move the wings and try to move the, the wheels and try to move everything else, which is what most of us do. We struggle with that because we have omitted from working on those five habits because Once we work on those five habits, again, it takes you not only knowing what those five habits are, but also being intentional about learning them. And on top of that, being intentional about teaching your kid. And when it comes to teaching our young people, in fact, the other day I was talking to the BBC and and they asked me about, about mentoring. And as you guys know, I talk about the three M's of influence, right? And for me, without a doubt from research and what else has worked, if you're going or if I'm going, if any of us are going to be influencers for our kids, for our teenagers especially, you know, the little ones, for for those of us with the little ones, right? Oh, you can tell them to do this, they'll do it. They don't even, they're exactly they, they 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 haven't got the the, the wherewithal to start asking why am I doing this? They're just blindly obeying. Oh, mommy says this, I do this, mommy. But when they get to teenage years, they're beginning to separate themselves from us. They're beginning to see themselves as their own entity, and they're beginning to question why? Why should I do this? Why should this? And telling them because mama says that, or because Papa says that, that's not enough. In fact, that's 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 bad. And here it's why it's bad. If you train your kids to do things just because you train, because you said, what you're training them is to, when they go out in the world, they don't learn how to reason, to question, to be rational. They just do things because the person said, because that's what they learned to do. They learned to blindly obey. And it might sound like a nice thing that the little kid does everything they're told to do. And and that's why some of us parents, some of us parents of teenagers find it hard when kids, our, our teenagers argue with us. In fact, if your kid is not arguing with you, you should be very afraid. You should be, ask yourself, your kid is not arguing and asking why. Ask yourself, where have I trained my kid blind obedience? Because our kids should not be parents, just regurgitating what we have said or just repeating what we have said. We want to be able to empower them to ask questions because when they go out in the world, and someone tells them to do this or do that and do that. That's how most people m- most people get abused and used and abused and misused. Why? Because they don't ask the questions or they don't have the the mental capacity to to evaluate, to ask questions. Why? Why am I being asked to do this? Why am I being asked to engage in this? Right. So it's very important. In fact. All of us should intentionally encourage our young people to ask these questions and where best for them to practice than home. So instead of shushing them away or saying they're difficult because they're asking questions, encourage encourage those questions. Say to them, for, for example, your kid, and sometimes we know teenagers can argue over everything and anything, right? But when they argue, lean in and listen and say to them oh tell me more about that why do you think that should be like this and not like this encourage those conversations for change those conversations that help them develop their 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 reasoning capacity those conversations that help them question things that way you are helping grow an ego an ego that will chatter territories and in doing that you're avoiding just having a parrot a parrot that just parrots what you say but repeats what people say they don't even know why they're saying what they're saying but they are saying it you you guys have had parrots parrots will say oh i am if you tell it to say "I, i am okay it will say i am okay if you ask it why, it doesn't know. It, it, it You know, I, I, I. You, you, can teach it anything, and it will just parody. But that's not what we want. We want our kids to be eagles. Our, our, we want our kids to have strong mental capacity to be able to decide. Whoa! I'm gonna go do this. I'm gonna go do this. I need support for this. I need support for this. And. For example, when they get pulled into things that are not exactly good, they're able to question one of the, in the five habits of highly effective teenagers, one of the R's is, um, is, is, is I talked about is robust, right? It's the fourth one that I talk about, I talk about respectful, I talk about uh, responsible, I talk about um, resilient, I talk about robust. And then I talk about radiant. So robust, these are values, right? Values that make your kid who they are. Those reasoning capacities that make them ask questions. And that's instead of, like I said earlier, Instead of thinking, oh, this one's problematic because they're always saying, they're always asking questions. They're always refuting what I'm saying. Help them to strengthen that part of them. And then in doing that, show them it is okay to say no, but say it kindly, right? I mean, most of you know that I have a young person here. (laughs) She's 16. And um, when people talk about strong-willed, Oh, I, I am right there with them, with a strong-willed young person. Because talk about someone who has a mind of their own. Oh boy, does she have a mind of her own? But this is what I have been, I have been encouraging that from ever since she was young. Now, as she grows into her teenage years, what we are doing now is yes, supporting that but then reminding her, it is okay for you to tell me that my point doesn't make sense without attacking me as a person, right? For example, there is a difference between saying, you don't know what you're talking about. I mean, and and kids sometimes will tell you, you don't know what you're talking about. How can you reframe, help them to reframe that? Instead of attacking you as a person, like you don't know what you're talking about, What about you say, okay, what about you tell me that my point does not make sense? That way, you're talking about my point, which does not make sense, or my point, which you think is not valid, without telling me that I don't know what I'm talking about. Do you see the difference? Do you see the difference? There is a difference. And and that's what we can do with our young people intentional instead of getting this is where intention being intentional comes in right most of us especially most of most people from my background when when a kid responds to you the first thing you want to think is oh you shouldn't be you shouldn't be speaking to me like that you shouldn't be answering me you should be doing all this you shouldn't be arguing with me right but instead of doing that what if we said okay what about if you said it this way, right? If you said it this way, for example, you call your kid and maybe they are doing something else and they say, uh, wait, or I, don't, or I don't wanna come or, or sometimes they'll say, what, right? And these are our opportunities to say, what about you say to me, hold on for five minutes or 10 minutes, yeah? We, we, we help them to be able to communicate their feelings, their thoughts, Yeah, without violating other people and without violating them, right? So when we call our kids, right, remember that they're having their own little life. They're doing their own thing, right? And some of us, sometimes we expect them to spring up and come. It's like they were doing nothing. And that that for me is a bit disrespectful because this person, this young person is possibly in the middle of doing something, but then we expect when we call, they, they spring up and leave everything they're doing. I think it's you wouldn't want someone to do that to you, right? So it's our opportunities to train them to say, okay, mom, can you hold on for 10 minutes and, or can you hold for two minutes, right? Instead of saying what, instead of, I say, instead of saying what, what about you tell me, okay, mother, can you hold on for a minute? I'm, do, I'm in the middle of doing something, or I'm in the middle of, of playing a game, I'm in the middle of watching something, right? And, and that respect comes on both ways. I know we, we do cross a little bit because sometimes you're thinking, what I'm calling you for is more important than what you're doing. And I think, again, none of us, where we work, where we, in the community, you wouldn't want someone to treat you like that. So why is it that we think it's okay for us to treat our kids like that? Because what we are doing, them, we are training them to have that power imbalance, balance, right? We are trained. And I remember, <laughs> I remember watching Horton one time and there is that thing of, uh, you treat people as less than because they're smaller and younger. But then unfortunately they learn to do that to whoever else is that. And it's, that's, that's really not humanity, right? And I'm not saying we, we, we never, there are times, there are times when, when I say, let's go. For example, if it's a time we had planned to go, this time I say, let's go and we decide we need to go. Don't ask me, don't tell me five minutes, 10 minutes. We have decided we're going at that time. I'm talking about when we sometimes decide this needs to be done and we call them straight away and expect things to be done straight away. I think it's very important, very, very important for us to consider that this person is in the middle of doing something and to be respectful about it. And in the same breath, teach them to h- how to respond because chances are, when you call them, maybe when they're in the middle of watching something, they'll get angry or they'll they'll, 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 they'll say what? Instead of answering yes, they'll say what? So that's when we say to them, you know, if I have distracted you, of course you have the right to tell me that i've distracted you but you can tell me nicely it's about coaching them to be kind coaching them to be to be loving coaching them to be to to be able to have these cohesive relationships that's what it is about right so when i talk about being intentional it's knowing these things and As you guys know, we talk a lot here about bursting a lot of beliefs, right? In in just that conversation I've had, we've bursted a lot of beliefs, you know, like kids should spring up as soon as we call them. No, I don't think so. Right? You, if you are in the middle of doing something, you just don't leave it and, and move because someone has called you. There is always that little adjustment time, yeah? And and you want someone to respect it. You want someone to respect the space or what you are doing. And and that is what what life is all about. And where best for our kids to practice that than at home? Because here is the thing. We as parents have them for for, for quite a long time, especially when they're in adolescent years. So we're talking about, from nine years old to to let's say about 24 years old and that that it's a long period of time and this is their practice run this is their practice run for how they will live in the big wild world and what we want is for us to think in terms of these five habits constantly again being intentional you're always thinking what I'm doing, what I'm saying, how I'm relating with this kid. Is it helping them to be more responsible? Is it helping them to be more respectful? Is it helping them to be more, more resilient? Is it helping them to be more robust? Is it helping them to be radiant? So we are constant. that again is being intentional. You're so conscious about, and, and this doesn't mean you're, you're parenting in fear, It's not about parenting in fear, because again, what we talk here at Raising Remarkable Teenagers, we have what we call the the levels of vibrations, which include the levels of influence, right? There is, we have, it it starts from shame, shame and guilt are at the bottom. And and many, many parents are, are parenting in shame, in guilt maybe what you didn't do and what you did do or some of it is our own the way we were parented in fact the other day i i shared uh, i shared about um uh, about suppression and denial right and that was that was in conjunction with with shouting at our kids and smacking them and and just not being very nice and for some people, the reason they continue to do that is because that's what was done for them and to them. They know that it is not right. We all know that it's not right. I remember feeling this is not right. This is not right. For, for me, when, when you try to speak with, with your parents or you try to, you, you are meant to feel insignificant, yeah? And your voice didn't matter. You didn't matter, right? You you were there. In fact, I, I, they used to say that we were there to be seen and not to be heard. But I even doubt that we were there to be even seen because the, the disregard of kids was just—it was on another level, right? It it was just on another level. It was sometimes you you even wondered why did the parents give birth to this these kids work for, again, it was was something because that's what happens when people grow older, you get children for for, for the next generation, but we need to be more conscious than that. We we need to rise a little bit higher from the level of of beasts, to be honest, because animals are the ones who just give back for for the sake of, of propagating the next generation. As, as parents, we have kids, we, we have our kids so that life can continue to, to propagate itself, but at the same time, so they can go and do big things than, than even what we have done. I mean, that, that for me is my joy, to be able to see my daughter do even better and, and more things and even grander things, bigger dreams than I have achieved in my lifetime, right? In fact, for, for those of us who are, who are from the Christian background, we have the good example of Jesus Christ. While he lived in this world, he did major stuff. He did great things and all that. And then what did he say? Greater things than even this shall you do because I'm going to the father, right? That is the kind of thinking. Again, this this is the kind of thinking I want us as intentional parents to have, right? So that when we are speaking to our kids, we are speaking life, we are speaking growth, we are speaking greatness, right? And, And again, that is another thing we need to be intentional about most most of our generations were brought up with 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 crazy you know crazy put downs crazy sarcasm crazy you know it, you know like it, it's it's just crazy so so most of us have really had to really work and cleanse that negativity from our system to be able to be where we are right and what I said in that, in that thing. But, but then we also have another group of parents who are in denial and suppression. Why? Because we cannot say that our parents did something wrong. Because again, it is taboo to, dis, to, to say that your parents did something wrong. But we have to be clear and clean about it. I'm not saying that my parents were bad, you're just saying they did something wrong. This is again where we separate behavior and the person, right? So I'm saying they did things that were wrong and they only acted at the level of their understanding. So I, I don't have any bad feelings about it. I know that they behaved like that because that's all they knew at that time. But it's up to me, and now in my position as a leader to decide, how am I going to do it differently? And that's what being an intentional parent is. How am I going to do it differently? Is there any baggage? Is there, are there any beliefs, any baggages that I'm carrying along just because it happened to me, just because it was done to me, just to do, and you know, people say, "Oh, I was shouted at, I was, I was slapped, and I turned out fine." No, you did not turn out fine. No, you did not turn out fine because hurting people hurt others. That's the problem. You bleed on other people, and sometimes you bleed on your kids. There's a lot of things that they do and we bleed on them. Why? Because we never truly healed. And it's okay to say, yes, this is how I was treated. I didn't like it. It was not nice. And I'm not saying that you hold it against anyone because again, holding holding those negative feelings about people, whether it be our parents or anyone else, it's toxic to our own bodies, it's toxic to our brain, it's toxic to our bodies. And um, sometimes when you hear people saying, oh, I turned out okay. But then I want to ask you, how many illnesses have you, have you got that you can't explain? And these this, this are some of the things we call psychosomatic disorders you know, things that happened to us when we were younger, trauma, and because we suppressed it, we denied it because it was too much, then we begin to have we, we begin to have skin problems that we can't explain even the doctors can't explain, we begin to have headaches, we begin to have all sorts of things that, the, that they are chronic. These have you ever considered maybe I need a cleansing, like like some people call it healing the inner child, right? Heal that inner child, and a lot of these illnesses disappear, right? So anyway, today it's not about talking all those things, right? What? And I know, gosh, I said I would be just about half an hour because our guest is not here, but. I want to talk about our upcoming workshop, and that's leadership skills and strategies for parenting teenagers today. And um, some of the strategies I'm going to be covering include, and if you have a pen and paper, please I would like you to write this because this is going to be good. And I want you to write the acronym FAC. So that's FAC. And now the F. Next to F, I want you. I wish I. I wish I thought about sharing my, my slides actually. But but again, um, anyway, let's go. Let's just go with this. I want you to think about flexibility. And then fluidity, and then I want you to write faith. As you all know, when I talk about faith here, we're not talking about religion at all. What we are talking about is being able to see beyond what we see, being able to believe Beyond circumstances, as a matter of fact, the other day again, I shared um, I shared um, a, 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 a pictograph on the difference between facts and truth, right? And what I'll do, actually, uh, just below this, just below this, this video. And for those who are who are just listening, take some time to download this when you can it's uh, the difference between facts and truths. So I'm gonna be talking in the workshop, I'm gonna be talking about flexibility, fluidity and faith, right? And then the A, the A, the A is awareness, authenticity and authority. Right. So what we're going to be talking about is being aware. Because without being aware, you're in the dark. Without awareness, there's ignorance. So we're going to be talking about how do we become aware. And again, in our mentoring program, we talk about levels of awareness levels of awareness and you never ever get to know everything there's always something new you learn every day and that's that's the good thing about being in this community because in our conversations and you guys know i like to have these conversations for change and conversations that matter and tough conversations because when two, you and I have this conversation, a lot of things come up. In fact, even when I'm having this conversation with you, my mind is expanding. And my, my executive function, which is the, the front part of my brain, is seeking everywhere, everywhere, trying to tag little things of, okay, What do we know? What do we know? What can we learn? What can we learn, right? So we're going to be talking about awareness. And then we will be talking about authenticity of you as a leader, of you as a parent. And then we're going to be talking about authority. And when we talk about authority, this does not mean that you are lording over anyone. It's the authority that you, as you grow as a person, command over everything that's about you and self-leadership, which is authority over self, being able to take charge of your thinking, being able to take charge of your emotions, being able to take charge of, your, of, of what's happening, even of your dreams, Being able to take charge of your actions—that's the authority we are talking about. Because we know, self leadership is the highest, or self governance is the highest form of governance. We cannot parent successfully when we ourselves have no self, have no self leadership in our own lives. And unfortunately, most of us attempt to do it. In fact, the other day I was listening, I was listening to someone uh, who said something extremely profound and they said, most, before you start driving, most of us go for driving lessons and then we go for the test and then we pass and then we go on the road and all that. Why is it? that before we have our kids, before as we parent, we don't put the same amount of wanting to be aware, wanting to know these strategies, wanting to know to have these skills, to be able to be on the driving seat of our young people's lives, to help them. Why is it that we don't put the same effort? And again, Remember earlier I said, as human beings, we have to rise up that notch, right? We, we are not, we're just not like the animal kingdom, right? You just, our job is to just get kids and, and then go through the motions. We, we have to do different, we have to do something different. I, I usually tell my community that, especially parenting teenagers, Oh, now this is championship level parenting. Why? We cannot play the same backyard game that we played. We have to rise to a championship level, and that involves improving our skills, improving the strategies, Moving away from just being a parent to being a partner, because it's partnering. We we have kids, our kids, our teenage kids. That they, they they own. They are beginning to know they own their bodies, right? So you 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 don't you you don't demand what they wear or they what they don't wear. You have to work in partnership, help them to understand. That this is this, this is this looks good on you. This is what, this is what, this is, yeah. And then some of them are beginning to have piercings or or drawings on themselves. That they are beginning to take charge of their own bodies, and we have no almost no control over them unless you practically hold the kid and put them down, which again. Again, if you do that, they know the numbers to call, right? And most of you say, oh, uh, let them do it. Well, is, is that really what you want to do? What about if we develop such a relationship that we are able to have these conversations and tell them, of course, it's your body, of course, it's, it's, it's up to you. This is my recommendation. This is what I feel or I think. And I'll tell you what, our young people are self-preserving. And what do I mean by this? When we have conversations with them, they will come up to a more positive solution than when we force things on them. In fact, when we force things on them, they go and rebel. Why? They want to take charge quickly without thinking. But when we help them process what they are thinking, and then combine it with our support, they most often come to conclusions that we could never have even seen coming. Right. So anyway, I was talking about the leadership skills that we are going to be talking about. So I've talked about the FAC, which is flexibility, fluidity and faith. And then the A is going to be awareness, authenticity and also authority. And then the C is going to be about connection. And communication. And celebrating. So these C's, I have found them to be. Absolutely, influence you. Connection, communication, then it's communication that connects. And then celebrations. And what do I mean by celebration? Celebrating our young people is a very, very powerful strategy. And most parents don't even know this. That uh, I usually, I'm going to talk about this a little bit more in the sessions um, at, um, in our workshops. And that um, the teenager's brain, the reward part of it gets heightened during teenage years. And we as parents, intentional parents, we want to be able to tap into that. Because if we can tap into praise, into praising our young people, and I'm not talking about, you know, you know when the were little, you say, oh, good girl, good thing, well done. That's not what we're talking about because when they get to teenage years, that embarrasses them. They're like, like go away. I don't want to hear that. Or, or you're being OTT or they tell you you're being over the top and all that. We're talking about Factual praise, factual praise. And, and, and before we finish, because we are coming to the top of the hour, I want to again just repeat the, 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 the strategies and the skills we're gonna be talking about and during the leadership strategies for parenting uh, teenagers today. And that FAC, and that's being flexible, fluid, and having faith as a parent. And then we're going to be talking about awareness, authenticity, and authority. And then we're going to be talking about connection, communication, and celebration. And as always, you guys know, every session, every session, I leave all of you viewers and listeners, with practical tips that you can use today, today, because I talk about I talk a lot about action on the information so that we can get transformation. So today I'm gonna to talk about the 80-20 rule, which is something most of you have heard me talk about, especially when we are dealing with our teenagers. What is the 80-20 rule? The 80-20 rule says before you ask your teenager to do the one thing, praise them for four things. Remember I talked about celebration? Celebrate them for four things. Praise them for four things before you ask them to do one thing. Now, it might sound like hard work, but I'll show you how well this works, right? I just said to you that during teenage years, they have that part of the brain that gets heightened. It's called the straighten. And what happens is that part of the brain loves rewards. What is praise? Praise is a reward. So here is how it works. So for example, you walk into their room it's a dark room, it's messy, it's probably even stinky. Let that not be the first thing you ask them to sort out, even though it's a thing you want them to sort out. You probably want to first ask them to open the, to open the shutters, to open the curtains. Mm-mm, don't go there. Stand there, look for four things You can celebrate them for. Look for four things you can praise them for before you ask them to do the one thing. You might be saying, oh, that is hard work. Of course. Training our young people to do these things can be hard work. And it can feel like hard work. But when you do that, what you're doing is You're celebrating them for who they are. So you're praising them for four things. And then another thing happens when we do that. Remember, I said to you that part of the brain? When it feels happy, yeah, when it feels rewarded, it opens up and it's receptive. So, what happens when you ask them to do the one thing? They're more receptive. They are more likely to do it. They are less likely to fight it. So that's the one tip. Think about it. Before you ask them to do the one thing, ask yourself, how can I praise them for four things? Try it. Try it this week. It works. It still works for me. (laughs) It it still works for me. It's, It's a very powerful strategy. And it's worked for many, many parents. And unfortunately, it looks like as our kids grow older, we find it harder to praise them, even though we know that praise works, right? We just have to adjust so that the praise is factual. So you're not telling them uh, you're you're the most beautiful kid in the whole world. You know, it's, it's not crazy stuff like that. We're talking about factual, look at, you like, know, pick, you know, pick like whatever. I, I, I noticed your earring, you look you look good or something. That's something that they cannot argue or huggle with, right? Even in that room, look for something that looks okay and mention it, right? Look for, even talk about something that they have achieved in the past you know things like those so anyway think about the 80 20 rule before you ask them to do the one thing praise them for four things say thank you so much gosh we've ended up doing a whole hour of this (laughs) and thank you so much uh, for watching this here at Raising Remarkable Teenagers today, Tuesday Tips for Parents of Teens. My name is Angela Karanja. I am an adolescent psychologist and parenting teenagers expert here at Raising Remarkable Teenagers. And I'm the founder of Raising Remarkable Teenagers. And until our next session, I'm going to say bye bye for now. Remember, 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 take action on that information so that you can get the transformation. I'll see you in the next session. Bye bye now.